0: If you don't mind, today is one of those days where I want to teach for a little bit. And you you may have seen me say just a few days ago that 2023 is already on pace to again be the deadliest year ever measured for police violence. Last year was the deadliest year. This year, by some measures, is on pace to be even worse. And I want to talk about how we continue to fail to build systems and structures that not only fight against injustice, but fight to combat the causes of injustice. We continue to move from emergency to emergency to emergency, and I understand it. But I have some strong thoughts, even now a few years after the murders of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, now three years later, I have some strong thoughts about something that we're not doing that is really setting us up to fail. Let me unpack and explain it. Glad to be here. This is Sean King, and you're listening to The the Breakdown. The the, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 The Breakdown. Building systems, building systems is hard. I have tried to devote my life, my time, my energy, my, my connections, my, my, my skills, whatever I have. I've tried to devote a lot of what I have to building new systems. It's why we started Real Justice to say, you know what? at the center of why police aren't being held accountable is a lack of quality district attorneys throughout the country that really care about us and are willing to have the courage to hold police accountable. So let's elect people that will change these systems from the inside out, talking about systems here. And what I see is in so many ways, We continue to be overwhelmed by emergencies. And this, this is not hyperbole. This is, and I'm I'm not even critiquing it. We continue to be overwhelmed on the local level in your city, in your county, in your region, in your state. We continue to be overwhelmed nationally, internationally, we continue to be overwhelmed by very real emergencies that require us sometimes to stop everything we're doing and devote all of our time, energy, effort, resources to addressing a, a crisis. I, without getting too deep into the case, um, I had several people forward me yesterday about horrible case of injustice in Mississippi and we don't know all the facts about the case but it looks like a young black man was lynched I've been around long enough to know that young black men can be lynched in this country Um, I've been around long enough to know that sometimes that's what happened and sometimes that's not what happened but at 99% of the time the local systems and structures will rule that that's not what happened, even if it was what happened. In fact, that's what we had in the murder and lynching of Ahmaud Alberry. The local systems and structures intended on doing nothing. They were determined to do nothing until we literally forced and squeezed and made them do something. They only did it because we made them do it. And as I saw this new act of injustice, I was a bit overwhelmed because today is Wednesday morning. Just over the past week, for instance, I've probably been contacted by at least 100 people to detail brutal acts of injustice all over the country and with a wide variety of injustices where it could be uh, there was a case from Connecticut where a mother and her son were shot and killed by their abusive husband and father. And someone was just saying, Sean, can you help with that? Someone else sent me a case, um, a murder case where, their loved ones were killed by somebody who was given an outrageous plea deal for, for almost no time. And they were just like, how? How could prisons be f- so full of people who are given such extreme sentences, often for nonviolent crimes, and then this person kills our loved one and is given almost nothing? And people continue to send me horrible cases of police violence, of racist violence, and what I see is in spite of all of our efforts, most of the systems haven't changed. The systems of policing fundamentally have not changed. Yes, we've elected district attorneys all over the country, But the systems of policing haven't changed. The systems of white supremacy have not changed. And a lot of it, and this is just my estimation, a lot of the reason those systems haven't changed, I could probably think of 50 reasons, but there are at least three reasons why the systems that we are so frustrated with change so little. I'm going to unpack and explain those three systems right after the break. We have a quick word from some of some of our sponsors and I'll be right back. All right. Thank you. Hang in here with us. Thanks for sticking with us. You know, there are so many reasons why the systems that we need to build don't get built. First, and I've alluded to this already, and I won't linger on this one, is we continue to be so legitimately bogged down by actual emergencies that it's hard to build a system. And the, the analogy I've made for years is it's hard to build a system when your house is on fire. Uh, forgive me, my voice is a little hoarse this morning, but it's hard to build. New systems, new structures. It's hard to build a new home when your house is on fire, you know? And, and so often we're moving from crisis to crisis, emergency to emergency. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm not denying that. It's real. I'm often on the front lines of fighting for people and families and communities impacted by those emergencies, but it's hard to build new systems when you are in a crisis. And, you know, I said this in my, in my last book, Make Change, some of us need to break away. Some of us need to give other people permission to break away from the emergencies to build new systems. And that's not something we have a lot of muscle memory doing, but some of us need to break away from the emergencies to build the systems and structures we really desperately need. I, I, I think there are a few other causes. Um, in the United States, the people who desperately need new systems, and, and I'll, I'll focus and hone in here just for illustration purposes on black people in America. Black folk in America often struggle to build new systems and structures because we are literally working from the time we wake up until the time we fall asleep. Um, Nobody works more minimum wage jobs in America than black folk, This this is fact. Nobody has more debt and student loan debt than black folk. Nobody has less wealth per household than African-Americans like African-Americans in America barely have our heads above water from credit card debt, student loan debt, lack of wealth. Almost none of us have generational wealth and the idea that we're going to build new systems and structures when we literally have to often have two and three and four jobs just to provide for our families and keep our heads above water. The idea that we're going to build new local, citywide, countywide, statewide, nationwide systems, it can be difficult for us to even imagine having the time to do it because we are so burdened with work every day. You know, I've said this many times, and you'd have to live in New York to understand this, But every time I get on the train early morning, early in the morning in Brooklyn, when I say early in the morning, I mean like 5 a.m., 6 a.m., the only people on the train are black and brown folk. You won't see a white person on the train at five in the morning or six in the morning because the only people on the train are black and brown people going to work at the crack of dawn. And it's just a fact. You know white folk will show up an hour or two later, seven, eight, nine. But when you talk about folk going to work at five or six in the morning, it is almost exclusively black and brown folk going to do the hardest jobs in all of New York. And I literally see people with their construction boots on, with literally with hard hats and bags of tools, people going to clean up office buildings and do. Difficult physical labor, it's like, how are we going to build new systems and new structures? That's, those are two reasons. And then here's the last one. And this, again, gets back to wealth. Our best institutions, our best black-owned institutions, like, say, Spelman College, Howard University, Morehouse College, our best institutions have 1% to 3 or 4% of the wealth of the best white institutions, predominantly white institutions, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Stanford. The best black institutions in America, comparatively, are poor, extremely poor. And a lot of the work, a lot of the work that is institution building emerges out of wealthy think tanks, wealthy colleges and universities where people are paid to think and research and plot and plan and strategize. And again, and, and, these aren't excuses. I'm acknowledging the, the, the reality that because we are often moving from crisis to crisis, emergency to emergency, because most of our people are working so hard day in and day out, and because even our best institutions struggle with their financial strength and rarely have the resources to pay people just to think plan and strategize. We often struggle to have the big systemic ideas that are put into action. We have to find a way to get there. And my, I don't want to call it my fear, but I am concerned that five years from now, 10 years from now, 20, 50 years from now that we will mainly be seeing slightly different versions of the exact same problems in this country because we're not able to build the deep systems and structures to change them. Listen, love and appreciate you all. Wednesday is my busiest day, but I uh, hope you have a great day, a great hump day. Um, you know, we're, we're getting close to the weekend. A few more days, we'll be there. Listen, if you're not already subscribed to this podcast, subscribe on Apple, subscribe on Spotify, listen to all of the episode and listen to every episode that helps us in so many different ways. And if you're not yet a member, please, we need you to go to the Northstar.com and join today. Take care, everybody. Break it down. Break, break, break. break, break, break.